Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed welcome to the scramble i'm shield kapadia coming to you on the ringer nfl feed every thursday with a guest and today i'm excited for this one one of my favorites my friend from espn Bill Barnwell. Bill, how are we doing? Sheila, you have many friends from ESPN. I'm not your sole ESPN friend. That's true. That's true. You're I do beloved, have many, many friends. Beloved ESPN former former contributor and just many people here have love for you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, I'm excited to have Bill on. I know with, with Bill on, I can go any direction I want. We can go playoffs. <laughs> we can go postseason awards. We can go look ahead to the offseason. And so that's what we're going to do. You know, basically on the show for the next few weeks, it'll be a little mix of a little bit uh, of everything because there's a mm-hmm. lot going on. It's not just the playoffs. So, Bill, what I did, I just came up with five questions that I sent to you. I, I just you know thought, what are five questions on my mind that I want to know what Bill thinks about here. I sent them to you. We haven't discussed our answers, how we feel about it. And so we're just going to get to those and then we'll get to a couple of uh, listener, listener emails at the end. How does that sound? It's good. My concern with this is there's, <laughs> I would say at least three people who come to mind. It's you, Mina, and Greg Rosenthal, where when I have to do something like this, I have to have two answers to every question because I feel really confident that we're going to have a very similar answer. So mm. I have two for pretty much all of these. I, I did a similar thing. See, we're, we're podcast pros. We know yes. it's boring if we both say the same thing for yes. some of these. So yeah, I, I have alternatives to some of them as well. You're the guest. So I'm going to give you first choice uh, on, on all of them. And then if I need to pivot, uh, I can. But some, sometimes you want to get to your second option. Mm-hmm. Like I'm hoping some of these I can be like, oh, but I was also thinking about this and mm-hmm. we can kick it around. So let's get started. Question number one, if you were advising Sean Payton, Sean Payton calls you up. He says, Bill, I was reading you even before you blew up at ESPN. I was reading you (laughs) during your football outsiders days. I need your advice. I need to know what to do. What what advice do you have for me in terms of what job to take, whether to take a job, whether to wait? And I'm calling you right now before Wild Card Weekend, knowing what we know right now at this moment. So just to update the listeners, as of this podcast, 
Mm-hmm. We know that uh, per Nick Underhill of New Orleans football, that all five teams with openings have reached out to Peyton. Uh, three of them, I believe, are planning on interviewing him, Denver, Houston, and Arizona. But we mm-hmm. only have one official meeting, and that is from Adam Scheffner. The Denver Broncos are scheduled to meet with Peyton in Los Angeles Tuesday morning. So, Bill, what advice do you have for Sean Payton at this point in time? Okay. So I have a theory. I don't know if I've written about it before, but it's the Bill Cower theory. And it okay. is it is that if you are on television and you are a former coach, the further you get away from your former coaching career, the more palatable you get and the more power you will be afforded in a new coaching opportunity. Now, there's a limit to this, Shiel. Bill Cowher had about an eight-year window where he could have gotten any coaching job he wanted and probably had more control than your typical second-time head coach, but he chose not to stay with the media, and I don't blame him. That's a great job. I think Sean Payton will only grow more powerful and be more appealing to desperate teams the further we get away from his tenure with the New Orleans Saints. So to me, if there's a perfect job out there for him, I would say, sure, go for it. But none of these jobs are particularly appealing. It's not Trevor Lawrence. It's not um, Justin Herbert. It's not one of those other guys. I would say, wait, because you will only grow more desirable as you sit out and do like a bunch of random like YouTube videos or whatever on the side. Now let me let me uh, let me ask you this. Uh, so we know of the five openings now. Is there a potential opening that you look at and say, if that one were to open up here at some point, you know, after the playoffs or in the in the uh, in the weeks ahead, that that might get a little closer to the perfect opening, or do you feel like you know that that opening might be uh, at least a year away? I. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think the Chargers are going to fire Brandon Staley if they lose. I don't think they should, frankly, fire Brandon Staley if they lose, even given his heel turn when it comes to fourth down decision making. But if that job came open or if they lost in embarrassing fashion or ugly fashion to the Jags, if I were Sean Payton's representation, would I call the Chargers and say, hmm, guys, you know, if you can get a deal done, we might be interested because I can go coach Justin Herbert for the next decade. I would probably go after that one. Yeah, I think I'm in a, so I I have a similar take to you, you know, like, like Houston. I mean, I would not even interview uh, with Houston. They've been a dumpster Mm -hmm. fire of an organization. I don't need to talk to them. The Colts, I don't need to talk to them. I don't need uh, sort of a meddling owner who's going to be doing videos about me in front of his jet. (laughs) If things don't go well, I don't like their talent. They have no answer at quarterback. The Broncos, I'm taking the interview. I I think he's right. He's smart to take the interview. Listen, it's not perfect. It's not just about going in there and fixing Russell Wilson. I just think it's sort of, uh, you know, when when you want some leverage, you want to sort of sniff out some Mm -hmm. desperation. And that is a desperate franchise. And so I'm sure his agent is saying, let's at least go talk to Mm -hmm. Denver. I mean, we have no idea what we can get here from a uh, financial perspective, from a power perspective. And it's not like they have no talent. I mean, you know, certainly you could make the case that the defense could be good next year, that with one of the greatest offensive coaches we've had uh, in the NFL, 
well over the last 30 years that the offense could look different mm-hmm. next year. So I think he's smart to take that meeting. Uh, I think Jay Glazer reported that he, you know, Peyton's not interested in Carolina, and mm-hmm. that might just be a case of them being in the same division as the Saints. That mm-hmm. uh, Otherwise, that, that job would intrigue me a little bit. So in addition to Denver, I think the other team where I take the interview is Arizona because I think uh, they fired their GM. They don't have a coach. So that's a situation where you can go in and you know have full control. I don't know how he feels about Kyler Murray, but obviously there's talent there with Kyler Murray. And so that one would intrigue me. And also, you know, Bill, we always talk about like, all right, quarterbacks and ownership and all this stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I really relate to the athletes and coaches and whoever else who like choose destinations just on what they want their quality of life to be. (laughs) Like, like I think Sean Payton has already talked about, you know, like he, he likes to golf. Um, you know, maybe he wants a nice climate, uh, Mm the whatever, like that makes so much sense to me. It's, it's the old Mm -hmm. like Shaq thing, you know, with the NBA where it was like, well, he didn't maximize every single opportunity he had to be the greatest basketball player he could be and win titles. But like, he had a really fun, I'm sure he had a great time from mm-hmm. kind of day one uh, to the end. So I, I can kind of relate to that type of thinking. So I think Arizona could check some of those boxes. So that, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying interview with Arizona and Denver. We don't have to rush into anything, but I do think let's, let's see how this weekend plays out. I'm telling Sean, I'm saying, let's see what happens with the Cowboys. Let's see what happens with the Chargers. By the way, Let's see what happens with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. We know, listen, let's, ju- let's just get Stephen Ross involved. I mean, mm. we, sh- we can have no interest in going there, but let's just get him involved. Uh, that, that's going to be nice for us financially. We know he's not going to act rationally. We know he tried <laughs> to tamper to get us previously anyway. So those are kind of the three teams I'm looking at. I'm with you. If you have a chance and you're Sean Payton, uh, again, one of the greatest offensive minds of the last 20, 30 years, if you have a chance to coach Justin Herbert, that to me would probably top the list, but the Cowboys would be an interesting job with Dak and uh, Miami with their sort of, uh, you know, some of, some of the roster and also just kind of what, what you could do there. That would interest me a little bit as well. Okay, so two things. I would say number one with the Dolphins, this kind of feels like one of those NFL things where they can't officially tell the Dolphins you're not allowed to hire Sean Payton, but it kind of feels like they'll tell the Dolphins you're not allowed to hire Sean Payton. Like you can't lose a you're first round pick right. for tampering yeah. and then go <laughs> hire him. <laughs> just seems like it would set a bad example. Like you can do this. It's just you have to give us a first round pick and the state's a first round pick to get it done. So, I mean, it would make total sense. I would absolutely see it if there had not been a penalty. That one might be tough. Um I, I do agree that that job could come open, though. And I think that, you know, I think Mike McDaniel's been very good this year, but I think for the right coach, Stephen Ross is going to be happily, he'll happily cut ties with whoever he has to to get the right guy in there. Um, for the Broncos, I, I think if you're Sean Payton and you think that's a good job, not the perfect job, but a good job, I think you go to them and you say, hey, we want eight years and $160 million. We want to be the first $20 million a year coach. Like, like, like we want 20 million a year and we want enough of a, we want enough term that if we can't fix Russ, we get plenty of time to go out and find that new guy and develop him. Or even if we do fix Russ, we are in here in time to get the guy after Russ, assuming Russ is not uh, sticking around after this contract with the Broncos. So I think you have all that leverage. You can push the coaching profession forward. By establishing yeah. yourself, and I think Belichick is kind of the guy who is rumored to get about twenty million a year. But 
If you're publicly saying, hey, coaches can get $20 million a year from the NFL now, which I think is absolutely not out of the question given um, you know, what college coaches are getting in terms of term and and money now. I, I think that that's absolutely what you're doing for for Walmart. Like that's a that's a rounding error to get a guy who's gonna fix your franchise. So I, I think you could even ask for more. I think you could ask for 10 and 200 if you want. But I think I, I would say 8160, take it or leave it, um, negotiate the draft capital. I, I wonder that that's gonna be the tough part for the Broncos is just what do you send back to the Saints to get this deal done? Yeah, they got the the one from the Bradley Chubb deal, but they obviously gave up a lot of draft capital for Russell Wilson. So that, you know, that's a great segue that leads into our uh, second question here. I think you're right, by the way. I think if the if our current jobs don't work out for us, I think we should try to team up and be coaching agents because yes. I, lo- I was just getting so excited to about what you were saying there. And I'm like, you're so right. Just target the teams that are desperate and have a lot of money to spend. And uh, yeah, you can really, I mean, eight, I was, at first I was like, eight years? What is he telling? Then I'm like, no, yeah, he can, he can ask for wild he stuff. He already has a great media gig. He, he has all the leverage in this situation. So yeah, something for us to uh, file away down the line if our current mm-hmm. uh, current jobs, which we're of course both happy with, uh, don't <laughs> work out. All right, <laughs> question number two. Sean Payton aside, What's the most fun coach trade you can think of? And I'll be honest, Bill, when I was like prepping for this, I'm like, we could have just done the whole episode on this. Yes. This is a very exciting uh, topic. This was definitely the question I was most pumped about to hear your answer. So I'm curious to hear your thought process and kind of what you came up with in terms of another coaching trade. Yes, I absolutely agree. We could have done an entire topic, an entire podcast on coaching trades. I have two I will give you the one I like more. I'll give you the juicier one. I think it is very implausible, to be clear. (laughs) But I do like it a lot in theory. So here's what it is. It's a three-way trade, first off. So you know it's you know it's you know it's you know it's legit when it's a three-way trade involving a coach and it involves a player (laughs) and it involves draft picks. We have we have Mike Vrabel leaving Tennessee to go coach the Carolina Panthers. We have Jordan Love and a 2023 fourth round pick from the Panthers going to the Titans. And we have a 2023 second round pick from Carolina going to the Packers. Now, is this enough for Mike Vrabel? Mm, it's a little, it's a little thing. I think this would have to be something where Tennessee was saying, we're starting over. We're going to get a new coach. We appreciate what Mike Vrabel's done, but you know, we kind of feel like we've hit our peak and we want to go in a different direction, which I don't think is likely. Mike Vrabel's a great coach. So I think it probably would involve more for Vrabel. Maybe you throw another player in there. Maybe you throw in another starting caliber player. I thought about a Mike Vrabel for Ikemakwanu straight up trade to get Tennessee a left tackle for Taylor Lewan. But I think this this achieves a few things. Mike Vrabel uh, is a great coach in my eyes, goes to Carolina. He can be kind of one of their franchise uh, cornerstones now. Tennessee gets a quarterback to compete in the post-Ryan Tannehill era with Jordan Love. Uh, they get a, a mid-round pick as well. And then the Packers, for a guy in Jordan Love, who I, maybe they're not picking up a fifth-year option. If Roger stays, he's kind of redundant. You trade him, you get a two in return for a guy who used a late one on a few years earlier. It's a good second round pick. Um, I 
I don't know if this is a perfect deal, but I think it's at least the 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 building blocks of a deal that could make sense for three teams. What do you think? I totally whiffed on thinking about Vrabel when I was doing this, but I was doing your thought process that you just had. I was like, who's a good coach who's in a bad situation right now? Who's like, mm-hmm. probably not, you know, the, the roster's in bad shape or whatever. And he absolutely fits. So I, I wish I would have thought of Vrabel. I'm glad you thought of Vrabel. If I'm Carolina, I'm absolutely doing this. A, a second round pick, two, 2023 second round pick to get Vrabel. I think that's a smart, you know, a, a smart move to make. You get him in there. I mean, it would be, probably one of the most talented teams that Vrabel has ever coached. Honestly, Mm -hmm. just thinking about some of what they have at their premium positions at left tackle, wide receiver, uh, edge rusher, corner, D tackle. Like they've got some of the best young talent in Mm -hmm. the NFL at just those premium spots. They obviously have work to do at quarterback. So I like it for the Panthers. If I am the Packers, it's so tough for the Packers because if, yeah, you're right. If Rodgers comes back, are they really going to keep Jordan Love and just play it out and then, you know, potentially see him walk. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I watched Jordan Love in that the end of that Eagles game and I was like, ooh, I'm kind of intrigued yeah. by Jordan Love uh, here. So in that respect, if I'm the Titans, do I want to do that after I fire John Robinson? I think if I'm the Titans, I probably would say I thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Like we found a coach who can kind of set our uh, culture and we can win games with and we're not going to give up. Uh, we would need more to kind of give up on Mike Rabel there. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the last aspect of it would be the Packers. Like you mentioned, uh, they are giving up Jordan Love and they are getting a second round pick from Carolina. I, I think I would just wait with Jordan Love. I think I, I think I would not try to maximize that. I would be, because like even if Rodgers comes back, let's say he gets injured and Jordan Love plays, you know, four to six games and is awesome next year. Like you have him in the building, you've put in a lot of work for him. Uh, I would be okay with kind of just hanging on to him at that point. But you're in rough cap shape. And yes, that's true. The fifth year option for Jordan Love is $19.5 million. Can you afford to pay Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love $19.5 million to be your your probably backup quarterback in 2024? Yeah, that's tough. You're right. It's a good point. And you have to decide on that this offseason. So you have to decide right, right now if you're willing to pay that. And it's fully guaranteed, unlike the, the old CBA where you could cut the guy if he was healthy. So that's a... That's a scary proposition. I think I could see where they'd want to keep him. I think he is still a exciting prospect, but I, I just think it's a a very dangerous financial situation to set yourself up for if you want to build a Super Bowl caliber roster around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they could use uh, some clarity from Aaron Rodgers. The sooner, the better. Do we think that's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I would not bet that that's going to happen. Okay, I like that one. All right, what's yours? I identified a few coaches who I thought could be candidates. One of them, and again, to echo what you said, this is this is implausible. I think, but the Texans trade the 34th overall pick mm-hmm. and a 2024 first, and probably something else to the New England Patriots for one Bill Belichick. The Crafts, they can say, you know what? We chose the wrong person. Tom Brady (laughs) went. He got to the playoffs. He won a Super Bowl. Belichick told us this was the time to move on. He was wrong. We can bring Tom Brady back as a free agent. We can let Brady, you know, have input on whoever he wants the next coach to be. You know, I don't. don't, That's my question is who's replacing Bill Belichick? I know. Who would coach the Patriots? 
Who do you, I was trying, I don't know. I mean, when you said Vrabel, I'm like, I don't know. Okay, well, I guess if they're trading away, can there be a three-way well. trade where they get Vrabel well. and oh, they trade so away Belichick? Maybe there's some way to work that, but you know, they can, they can acquire some draft capital, which would sure. give them three picks in the top 50. They could then trade those picks and add some veterans on the whatever offensive line wide receiver. And the crafts can say, you know what? We're not in rebuild mode. We're going to bring Tom Brady back right here. We're going to try to win a Super Bowl in 2023. Bill Belichick. He goes to Houston. Now, I don't know if Bill Belichick would have any interest in going to Houston at this point in his career, but he obviously has the Nick Casario connection. Mm -hmm. They keep the number two overall pick. So now all of a sudden, you know, he can go there. Uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, one of those two quarterbacks. Terrible division. I mean, I don't know what Bill Belichick's motivations are right now, but if he wants to, you know, break that Don Shula record, you go play in the AFC South for, you know, two to three years. I think you'll have a good shot at breaking that record. And who knows, maybe with some savvy roster maneuvering, uh, you can build a good team. So what do you think other than we need to find a coach for the Patriots? If that trade was tweeted out, <laughs> how many times would you have to check the Adam Schefter, to, uh, the, the account that tweeted it to make sure it was a real account and not not someone posing as Adam Schefter? Because I think it would be like six. Yes, I would be, I would be convinced it was Adarn Schefter. I'd, I'd have to reboot my computer and check in a clean browser to make sure... That I had not been been fooled somehow if this trade was announced on on social media. I mean, if if Bill Belichick came to you and said, "Listen, I'm tired. Like we've taken the organization as far as we can. I just want a, one more fresh start before I retire." That kind of makes sense. Like I think the Texans have a lot of cap space. They have. Not a ton of young talent, but some of the young talent they do have is on the defensive side of the ball. Their secondary has some exciting pieces. Um, you know, Derek Stingley had a, you know, not as good as Sauce Gardner, but a promising rookie year. Um, Jalen Petre looks good. Um, they have some pieces on the defensive side of the ball. The offense is a major question mark. And again, there's the other Belichick question of, well, he couldn't find someone to coach the offense in New England. And the guy who would make sense to come back with next year is Bill O'Brien. Well, you're not hiring Bill O'Brien yeah, to be the yeah, offensive coordinator true. of the Texans. So you got to find someone who can, maybe it's Cliff, maybe it's Cliff Kingsbury, a Texan born and raised, uh, who could come coach the offense for you with the Texans next year. Or maybe, or maybe Bill Belichick has a revelation that I'm the greatest coach of this generation. Why don't I search a little further and wider than Bill freaking O'Brien and Matt Patricia? Because I could acquire probably the most talented coaches, offensive coaches in the entire world to come work for me. I don't know. That's just an idea, Bill, that you might want to look into. Even if you've, even if you, even if you haven't known him for 10 years, that might help your team a little bit. Sorry. Had to get that in there. I think he'll just discover another member of his family who's uh, <laughs> uniquely qualified to coach offense is what we will, we will solve. I mean, like, like I, I think if you're going to go start anywhere, the Texans do make sense. Um, but again, if you're Bill Belichick and you're going to the Texans, you're telling uh, you're telling the owner, is Hal McNair? I think it's Cal. I think Cal. Cal. Yeah. I'm telling Cal McNair, <laughs> you're paying me like so much money that and and oh, yeah. you're not, you're not you're not allowed in the building like i'm i'm running things you can be the owner you can show up on game day you are not allowed to make any decisions during the week you're not allowed to come to the facility you have to go to an undisclosed location and stay there during business hours i'm running things the exact way i want with no interference and you know what if you're cal mcnair 
Maybe you say yes to that. I love that clause. Like the, we had the Kyler Murray homework clause, like a yes. coach clause. Owner's uh, card will not grant him access to the facility, and he is not permitted to call uh, me as the head coach yes. for the duration of my contract. Uh, that yes. is a great idea. Now, uh, our last three questions are a little uh, shorter, so I want to just I, I got to get your what your backup trade was in this category, and then I'll give you mine. Okay, it was John Harbaugh going to the Panthers for oh! DJ Moore and draft compensation. Oh my gosh, that was one of my that was one of the ones I had written down. We both wrote down Harbaugh. That's funny. I so I wrote down three coaches: Belichick, Harbaugh, yep. and Sean McVay. But Ooh. McVay, I was kind of like he might just want a a break. I don't know. Yeah. But Harbaugh was an interesting one because if they lose this game. Is there a scenario where they're just like, you know what, this is kind of stale. It's been 15 years. He's still a great coach, but it's not working out great. And so I had the Panthers trading the ninth pick to the mm-hmm. Ravens for John Harbaugh. You know, David Tepper obviously used to be with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He's gone against John Harbaugh in the in the past. Uh, like I said, the Panthers have some talent there at some premium positions. Maybe that's just the, one of those where we get one of those tweets. Both sides agreed that it was for uh, it was for the best. So I can't believe we both had Harbaugh going to the Panthers. That's that's interesting. I can absolutely believe this, Shield. No surprise to me that we had almost <laughs> an identical trade. I, I like. I think yours is probably better. I just thought the Ravens need a receiver. It's been so long. Like, but maybe they don't want to spend that much money on a receiver. Maybe they're trying to deliberately go cheaper at that position. So I think the nine would make sense for sure. I think that's probably, you have to kind of time that right. Like, because if if the Ravens come out and say, listen, we're parting with John Harbaugh, we're just going to trade him for whatever we can get. I don't know that you get the nine, but I think if you are saying, hey, he's our guy. And if you want him, you have to go out of your way to get him. I think the nine makes sense. Yeah, the compensation part of this is a little, is challenging because we just have a small sample. You know, Gruden yep. got two firsts and a second in that Bucks Raiders trade. Herm Edwards, which is one, is the forgotten one. Uh, Jets, Chiefs, a fourth-round pick. Uh, Mike Holmgren got a second-round pick. Seahawks, Packers, so... Belichick, Arian. Belichick was definitely a one. I want to say a one and more from the Jets. And then Arians was like a... Uh, swap of a six for a seven. Like they did nothing to maximize oh, their I leverage. I forgot there. about the Arians. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. it's, it was so funny to me because they make that trade when Arians is retired and Bucks want to hire him. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You're a nice guy. We'll let you go. And then when Brady this year was, there was like rumors of a Brady trade when he was retired, Arians is like, there's no way we're letting Brady go for like more than 20 first round picks. And I'm like, wait, you why why is it okay for you and not for Tom Brady? Oh my good for him. He was like, I don't know what the Cardinals were doing. They should have exercised some more uh leverage there. So I like uh I like that one. We need more coach trades. I mean, this yes. was so fun doing this. I was just and, and you know, your point about the like salaries and stuff is a good one because like there's no salary cap on coaches. You can pay them whatever you want. You know, there might be one team finding more value in a guy than another team. There's all sorts of power struggles with every organization. We absolutely need to see more coach traits. I was even trying to think of uh, like, like, can we get Lamar to the Panthers as well? Like a little tag and trade type deal where it's Lamar and Harbaugh go to Carolina and the Panthers give up something wild 
to the Ravens in return. Uh, I mean, how fun would that be? That, that, that yes. would be amazing. L- Lamar with that defense and DJ Moore. And then I guess it doesn't put the Ravens in a great spot, but they could really ask for a lot and get a lot of draft capital if they felt good about something else. All right, none of that's going to happen. Lamar and Har- Harbaugh will be th- with the Ravens next year, but uh, I like where our heads are at. That was going to be my question. What What is the percentage chance that both John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson are on the Ravens week one of 2023? Um, I think it's high. I would say, I think it's like probably over 80%. Hmm. But what do you think? You think lower or higher? I, I would go in like the 80% range, but there's still 20% okay. of the time something really juicy happens. So yeah, I know that I'm might hoping. even be low. Like it might be over 90, honestly. We will see. We will see. NFL wildcard weekend is here and the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code RINGERNFL. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can, of course, read my picks on the ringer.com. A couple games I like. I like the Cowboys minus two and a half, and I like the Jaguars as home underdogs against the Chargers. You can make whatever picks you want. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel is also now live in Ohio, so make sure you get in on the action with great offers just for you now and throughout January. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code RINGERNFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable, free bets that expire 14 days after receipt, restrictions apply, see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, question number three. These last three are sort of quick hitters. The NFLPA released its all-pro team voted by the players if they called you, Bill, who I had the first all-pro team that I saw anywhere online. Bill gets ahead of all these it things. Was, you guys are all idea. late to the party. Um, if they called you before making their list public and said, hey, Bill, we, we're giving you the power to change one pick. We don't want this to be sort of a laughing stock. We don't want people to make fun of us. You have the gravitas. You've thought about this. What would your one change be? 
on the players all pro team. And they only did a, a first team, right? There was no yes. second team. No, there was a second team. Oh, there was. Oh, okay. Yes. I missed that. Separate tweet. Um, what a day I'm having, first off. Sean Payton calls me and wants me to, <laughs> to get him to a team. And then I hang up and then uh, the NFL PA calls and they're like, oh yeah, fix JC Treader's like, hey, Bill, fix this for us. Um, okay. I'm going to say something just as an aside. I don't think this counts. I don't know why they have a fullback and a third defensive oh tackle. Oh my God, seriously. And like, like if you're going to be like, hey, listen, we know football, guys. We, we're we not going to screw things up. And then you have five defensive line. You're playing a 5-2-3 on D, or 5-2-4 on defense. Like, come on. Like, the NFL has played now with three-word receivers, three cornerbacks. That's what this should be. I feel like Kyle Juszczyk, uh clearly lobbied the NFLPA to have a fullback on this list. Um, but <laughs> abiding by the honor of this question... I'm going to leave Cordero Patterson out. I think that was my first instinct. I'm going to say Quinn and Williams for Aaron Donald. And I know the NFLPA told players, hey, if a guy has played, I think it's 10 games by week 15. If he's missed five games by week 15, he's not eligible. So Donald did qualify, but Donald missed a ton of time this year. He missed almost, I think, six games or missed six games, I believe. Yes. And so yep, he played in 11. Yep. So as good as he is, and Donald was still incredible this year, it's tough for me to believe that you're an all-pro player, that you're one of the two best players at your position when you are missing so much of the season. So I'll go Quinn and Williams. Other guys could qualify. Dexter Lawrence, certainly an option as well. Jeffrey Simmons, when he was healthy, was at that level. But I think Quinn and Williams has been such a force for the Jets. He's been finishing plays, which he hasn't always done in years past. And that defense got so much better as the year went along. And Sauce Gardner was part of it. And I think Quinn and Williams was a big part of it as well. We're so boring. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> even have a backup for this one. Yeah, I had Quinn Williams nice. in there for Aaron Donald. Aaron okay. Donald played the 11 games. Now, I will make the case. I think you could uh, also throw Javon Hargrave yep. in that mix. When I when I was doing this exercise with uh, Ben Solak, I did have Quinn and Williams uh, as a first-teamer with Chris Jones, and I had Javon Hargrave as a second-team All-Pro. But uh, I think looking at that first team, I would definitely have uh, have Quinn and Williams in there instead of Aaron Donald. And then if you want to get sneaky, I think you did this with your All-Pro team. Mm -hmm. You sneak Micah Parsons maybe on there as yes. an, an off-ball linebacker? What do you think? I think that's fair. I have another kind of sneaky one where it's not okay. like, like fans are going to be insulted at first, and then they're not going to be insulted. And you would know this very well, because this is an Eagles-related uh, change here. Would you swap Ooh. out Darius Slay for James Bradbury? Oh my gosh, yeah. So like, and I were just talking about that. I would give it very hard. Uh, I would think about it for a long time. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Bradbury... I just, Bradbury has been so consistent. Like he gave up one deep pass a couple of weeks ago and then it like made you think in your head, like, wow, that hasn't happened the entire season. Right. Um, he had an interception against the Jaguars earlier in the season against Trevor Lawrence. That's kind of underrated. It was a red zone interception. That was just a fantastic play that kind of secured a win for them. So uh, I could easily be talked into that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll go. That was my backup one. I'm leaving Cordero Patterson aside because he's just, like, I don't care if I kick returners that much. Um, what yeah. is your next question? My next question, number four, who is the player with the most at stake this weekend? We got six games, wild card weekend. Who is the player with the most at stake? What do you got? Mm, I actually want you to go first for this one because I feel like I'm just okay. going to steal. I'm, I feel like I've been stealing too many of your answers. So please, okay. you go ahead. Uh, I've got Dak Prescott as oh, my We do not have answer. the same one. 
Okay, okay, we do not have the same. I actually thought this was a hard uh, question, it even is. though I'm the one who came up with it, <laughs> it and emailed it. But I was like, uh, I don't know, because you know some of these players, like a you know, you could say like a Justin Herbert, but does he really? I mean, he's so young; mm-hmm. he's he's got mm-hmm. plenty of time. And so I actually had it down to two. I won't tell you my second one until I hear yours. But I thought Dak just. You know, the discourse around Dak is obviously usually is generally out of control, but this would be, uh, I think he's a very good player. I think you think he's a very good player, but this would be seven seasons without getting past the divisional round. This would be four straight years for the Cowboys without a playoff win. You think about how last season ended in the fashion that it ended with that play against the 49ers, the QB draw, where then they can't get another snap off. You're favored in this game. Uh, I know it's on the road against the Bucs, but you're favored in this game. The NFC is wide open. If he doesn't play well, in this game, uh, I think he would probably, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like they're not going to like get rid of Dak Prescott or anything, but just in terms of public perception and the conversation around Dak, uh, I think there would be kind of a lot of attacks or mm-hmm. uh, criticism of Dak Prescott if he didn't win this game. Mm-hmm. Spending too much time in his sleep number bed, I think is what we would hear <laughs> on, on Sports Talk Radio uh, Tuesday morning. I... I, I, the only thing I would say about that, because I think you are correct, the only thing I would say is that with these, it helps if you have someone who you can transfer the blame to. And I think if the Cowboys mm-hmm. do lose a close game, the guy who's going to get blamed more than Dak is Mike McCarthy. So that's the only thing I would say is that I think there's going to be a, 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 tra- like an, a, 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 a source to transfer some of the heat to. And that is the only thing that might save Dak if they do lose this game. I, I thought about it from a different perspective. I was like, who has the most writing on this in terms of money, in terms of prestige, in terms of their legacy? I guess legacy is the, the Dak one for sure. But like Dak's going to get paid either way. He's not going anywhere. The guy who I said um, is Daniel Jones, is Danny oh, Dimes. That was my second pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. with you. Uh, Gino, Gino was my second pick. Um, kind of the same vein. But for Danny Dimes, he's been playing great. I mean, over the last month of the year, I, I, this is another side I had to triple check. Daniel Jones has the best QBR in the National Football League over the final month of the season. Now, he did miss a game. He set out week 18. That includes scrambles, and he's been excellent scrambling. But I did not think of Daniel Jones as the best quarterback in football for any stretch of time. But the comparisons I've made this entire season for the Giants are, are, are between the 2022 Giants. And I believe it is the 2017 Bills. This was the team that Sean McDermott inherited from Rex Ryan, where they were kind of rebuilding. They traded away Marcel Darius at the trade deadline. They brought in Nathan Peterman for a start. And then they still kind of made the playoffs somehow. They backed into the postseason. They, I think they actually gave, I'm, I'm mistaken, I could be wrong, but they actually gave Tyrod Taylor an extension uh, during that season. But it was one of those extensions that they could move on from. Um, but either way, uh, they make the playoffs. Tyrod Taylor has a good end to the season. They not don't do well. They lose in the playoffs to the Jags. The offense struggles. And the Bills basically proceed with their rebuild. They draft Josh Allen next year. They move on from Tyrod Taylor. And even though Tyrod played well and led them to the postseason, it doesn't matter. And I think for Daniel Jones, that's on the table. If the Giants play a miserable game against the Vikings and lose... I think they go out this offseason and Joe Shane and Brian Dable get a new quarterback, whether they trade up for Bryce Young or do something else, I can't say. But I think they go out and get a new quarterback to be their quarterback of the future. But if the offense plays great, maybe the Giants have to franchise 
Daniel Jones. Maybe he gets 30 plus million dollars next year. Maybe he gets a new contract altogether. I know who was it? I think it was Lawrence Tynes who was saying Daniel Jones should not accept anything below $40 million a year on a long-term deal, which I mean, hey, if you can get that, great. But um, you know, it feels like there's a lot of different possibilities on the table for how Daniel Jones's offseason could go based on what happens in this Vikings game and any playoff games that might follow. Yeah, I think it's a great one. Like you said, I mean, whether it's with the Giants or with somebody else, if he kind of goes to Minnesota, lights them up, they win a playoff game and he plays really well, then it kind of even doesn't matter what happens in the divisional round. Like, I think he's got a lot riding on one game here where he can, you know, he's already changed the perception of of him uh, this year, but to go in, win that game and play really well would be huge for him. And yeah, like you said, same thing for Gino, you know, somebody who is also going to be a free agent. If they were somehow able to upset the Niners and he were to play really well against that defense, man, yeah, that that would certainly uh, change kind of his outlook in the future. Yeah, quarterback contracts are so tricky. I mean, you have all these guys making over 40 million. You have Kirk Cousins is, is making uh, 35 million, but there's not, you know, usually that middle tier. Like Jameis Winston got 14 million a year uh, last year from the Saints when they were projecting him as the starter. So usually you're kind of down under 10 million or you're up over, uh, you know, 30 million. There's only literally like four or five guys in between those two. And a lot of that depends on their rookie contracts or when they sign their deal. So uh, I like the Daniel Jones one a lot. All right. Last question. Same question, but coach, which coach has the most at stake this weekend? And I'm wondering if you just kind of gave us a hint about who you're going to choose with your previous answer. I am going to take Mike McCarthy. Okay. Because... I mean, maybe it doesn't change things. Maybe it's just like, oh, that's just Mike McCarthy, whatever. Um, but <laughs> the fact the fact that Sean Payton is available, the former Cowboys assistant, the the guy who the one who got away, right? For for the Cowboys when they could have maybe kept him around and had him be the replacement for for Bill Parcells when they were both on the same staff. I have to think Jerry Jones is at least thinking about that possibility. And maybe he's not making the decisions on a day-to-day basis. Maybe he's not the guy who's, you know, grinding draft tape. Maybe he's not that person. But I do think if he gets a twinkle in his eye and says, this is what I want to happen, the Cowboys are going to make it happen. So I think Mike McCarthy is not on the hot seat, but I think there is that possibility where if the Cowboys lose this game in a similar fashion to the one they lose last year, I think that possibility is out there. Yeah, I think that that that's the obvious uh, yeah. layup answer. No, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, they've won a lot of games in the past couple of years with Mike McCarthy. But as you said, it's all about what are your other options and how do you lose? You know, lo- losing on the road as favorites to this Bucks team that would be hard to swallow. I don't. I, I go back and forth with Jerry Jones because like they held on to Jason Garrett for so long and kind of just gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I do feel like NFL owners, yes, they want a good coach. They also want someone who they can kind of you know, go to lunch with or are comfortable being around. And like, they seem to like each other on a personal level, joking around. But, you know, at some point, some of these owners, not to get like morbid about it, but, you know, they're getting older and they're probably like, we are feeling some urgency where we would like to win a Super Bowl or compete for a Super Bowl right away rather than look, you know, five, 10 years down the road. So, you know, a couple of the the owners we mentioned certainly fall into that age, age range with uh, Kraft and with uh, Jerry Jones. So that's a good one. Yes. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Brandon Staley. Mm. Um, I looked, at, you know, and you mentioned him earlier. I hated how they handled that Week 18 game. I mean, I thought that was kind of egregious the way they're playing starters deep into that game, even though they have the five seed locked up. Uh, as we record this, Mike Williams did not practice Wednesday. They said earlier in the week that they expect him to play or or that he's on kind of on track to play in this game, even though he suffered a back injury. We'll see. But man, if you have that week 18 performance, and then you follow it up with a loss to the Jaguars, specifically if like Williams doesn't play and the offense struggles and it's obvious they really miss him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anything's going to happen with Staley. Like like you said, they still, you know, they got, they got to the playoffs. They earned a wild card berth, but it's certainly going to raise, I think, a lot of fair questions about the structure they have in place, whether they have the right structure in place to maximize Justin Herbert's talent. So I think, uh, I think one way or another, um, you know, Staley's got a, kind, of, kind of a lot at, at stake in this game as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a quick pause. Those were the five questions. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and finish the episode with a couple mailbag questions. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! All right, we are back on the Scramble Shield. Kapadia joined by the great Bill Barnwell. Let's get to the mailbag. A reminder, you can email us at the mailbag at gmail.com or just tweet at me and we will get to your questions. Maxwell asks, what wildcard team do you think can make a run to the Super Bowl? Could mm-hmm. it be my Chargers with this new and improved defense? What do you think? Mm, well, I, I really went with this one by going process of elimination. And so... Dolphins and Ravens, I mean, you never want to say never. The NFL is a crazy place, but it's Skylar Thompson and maybe Anthony Brown at quarterback. I I just, I have to assume they're not going to be advancing past the wild card round. I hate this matchup for the Seahawks against the 49ers. Um, 
I just think the Niners excel at stuff the Seahawks struggle to stop. I think the pass rush and a very aggressive secondary bat fit for Geno Smith. Don't like their chances there. The Giants, I, I don't buy that they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Admittedly, they may be better than the Vikings, who I don't know if you saw, Shiel. Did you see where the, the Vikings finished in DVOA? Was it 25th or something? Down there, right? I think it was 26th. The teams who are oh worse, 20, maybe 27th. The teams who are worse than the Vikings this year by DVOA are four of the teams who fired their coach and the Bears. So oh that gosh. is, they are hosting a home playoff game. So... I don't think either of those teams are going far. So that leaves you with the Cowboys and the Chargers. And I have to lean towards the Cowboys. Maybe not because I'm super optimistic about them, but I just think the NFC is a more wide open field than the AFC. I think the Eagles are banged up. Certainly Jalen Hurts is, you know, not 100%. We don't know what he's going to be like for the divisional round. Same thing with Lane Johnson. And we know that their numbers drop off precipitously um, when Lane Johnson is not in the lineup. Hopefully, he's going to be able to play, but might not be 100%. Um, the Cowboy, the Niners have Brock Purdy, a quarterback. You know, that could collapse at any time. Who knows? I, I yeah. think the Cowboys have the best shot. I mean, even we talked about them, you know, playing the Bucs and maybe losing, and they are, but they're favored and they're playing an eight and nine football team that has needed fourth quarter magic to beat like some of the worst teams in football and get here in the first place. So, you know, if you get a, a run out where it's bucks and then Eagles with a compromised Hertz and a limited offense, and then you get the Niners with Purdy in the NFC championship game, like that's not, that's not the hardest run out to get to the Super Bowl. So I, I just think it's tougher than the Chargers who will probably have to beat I mean, what, the the Chiefs and then the Bills or Bengals in the AFC Championship game? I think that's just a tougher path than the Cowboys would have. Yeah, I'm with you. It's all about the path. I mean, I'm not in on this Chargers team. I'm not buying it. I think they beat three teams all season by more than six points, and those teams were quarterbacked by Nick Foles, uh, Davis Mills, and Baker Mayfield. I mean, they've just <laughs> been way, way too up and down. Like, I was out on the Chargers a month ago. I'm not getting reeled in by them winning some games against terrible teams down the stretch. Uh, I just see too much inconsistency with that team. It, it just feels destined that, you know, I don't know if it's going to be uh, this weekend or the next week that they're just going to lose. And the Lombardi, you know, Joe Lombardi complaints are going to come through. There's going to be some mm -hmm. key fourth down decision. Like, it's not going to go well uh, for the Chargers. So they still have blue chip players. They still have Justin Herbert. So I don't want to go like all in on this takes. I still love Herbert. And, um, you know, who knows if he catches fire for a month, then anything is possible. But like you said, to beat the Chiefs and then the Bengals or Bills, that would really surprise me. So it's the Cowboys. I mean, I have the Cowboys as one of six teams that can win the Super Bowl. I have mm -hmm. them as one of three teams in the NFC that can come out and make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think they obviously didn't have a great game in, in week 18. But overall, I think they've been a very good team. Team. Uh, I think they can do a lot of things offensively. They can rush the passer. They have those injuries at cornerback. But you're talking about beating that Bucks team. And then, like you said, you know, can they uh, go on the road and beat the 49ers and Brock Purdy and then kind of see what happens in the NFC Championship game, whether mm -hmm. it's the Eagles or somebody else? So I think the path is there for him, for them. I think the talent is there for them. If I had to pick one team, uh, one wild card team to make the Super Bowl, I would go with Dallas. I, I agree with you there. All right, this was a great question. We'll finish mm -hmm. it off from Ben. 
Who is your prediction for this postseason's Gabe Davis? Basically, the guy everyone kind of knows who explodes unexpectedly. If we if we have the same answer on this one, uh, Bill, I don't I don't know. I mean, come on, there's, oh. there's a wide range of players to choose from. Let Let's see how aligned we actually are. Who Who do you have for this one? Here's what I want to do. I'm going to count one, two, three, and then we should both say the name at the same time because I feel like we have the okay. same person. Okay, ready? I like it. Okay, one, yeah. two, three, Kadarius Tony. Darius Slayton. Ah! <laughs> we got, I think we got, we, right. we got some, zoom, uh, some Zoom timing. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Slayton is totally plausible. I think he's been a good receiver his entire career. I couldn't really understand why he was like sixth on the depth chart um, in training camp this year. Uh, but by injuries, by trades, by uh, disgust with Kenny Galladay, he's gotten an opportunity and he's run with it. And I think he's a legit, you know, maybe not a number one receiver, but I think he's a legit downfield threat, a guy who can have that kind of um, three to four, you know, maybe not three to four touchdown, but at least like a hundred, 150 yard game. So I think that's a really good pick. Yeah, this is a this is a pro Darius Slayton uh, podcast. Danny Kelly and I did like a trade episode in the middle of the season, and we're both like, we like Darius Slayton. Why does nobody else like Darius Slayton? Like he can make plays downfield. He's had over seven hundred yards in in like a few of his uh, NFL seasons. He's twenty six years old. We were wondering, we were trying to trade him to the Chargers in the middle of the season, That's but uh, I guess nobody, yeah, no one was interested in trading for him. So yeah, I'm with you. I just like the matchups. You know, I, I don't like that Vikings defense at all. I think there's going to be a chance for someone to pile up some receiving yards in that game. And then who knows uh, the following week against the Eagles, whether he could do the same thing. So he's kind of got a lot. I think he's a free agent uh, after mm-hmm. the season. So he, you know, could maybe make himself some money with a, uh, with a good stretch here. Yours is excellent too. Kadari- oh, I could absolutely see that uh, Kadarius Tony just absolutely going off in these playoffs, uh, assuming he stays healthy. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, there's probably an equal chance of him having a four touchdown game, staying healthy and injuring both his hamstrings on the same play. Like we don't know, <laughs> like, like I think he's a work in progress, obviously has not had a big role. Um, did have 71 yards on four catches in the Broncos game. Did lose a fumble, which is not going to help his chances of getting meaningful time Has not played more than 44% of the snaps in a single game. So obviously has not been a full-time player, but maybe one of those guys where he has a really nice divisional round game. And so he has a bigger role in the lineup. Certainly, you know, plenty of targets to go around in this offense. Um, I mean, I like, it feels weird that every week we're like, oh, who's going to catch passes for the Chiefs? And then it's like, Jarek McKinnon has two touchdowns in the red zone every single week somehow. Like that has to stop working at some point. They have to have another receiver besides Kelsey and McKinnon. And maybe it's Tony. Yeah, the Chiefs are a great option for this question. I, I was even like, ooh, should I just go wild and pick like a Justin Watson uh, yeah. or something? Because I mean, they're going to play games. They're going to put up yards and somebody's going to emerge, whether it's McKinnon or Tony or whoever else. We shall see. All right. That will wrap up this edition. Thank you to Bill Barnwell. Always love having him on and podcasting with Bill. Bill, you've got your all, I mean, you are still churning out content. Like I get older and I slow down a little bit. I mean, you got all pro teams. You got postseason awards. Today, yeah, you predicted every single playoff game out there. You've got the Bill Barnwell show. What What else uh, do you have to, to plug here? Absolutely nothing else. I think I did I did TV earlier <laughs> this week. It's it's already done, so you can't watch it anymore. Um, I don't think I have anything else going on. The the reality is, Shield, 
I I don't you have kids. I don't have kids. I have no life. So <laughs> might as well might as well turn out the content uh as opposed to just sitting and, and watching stuff on YouTube, which is what I would do if I was not writing all the time. I love it. And we know Bill will be out ahead of the offseason stuff as he always is looking at teams who didn't make it and what their plan should be uh in the offseason. Those are always fun columns as well. So thank you to Bill. Thank you to Christopher Sutton for pinch producing. Appreciate him. As always, additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Stay tuned tomorrow for the Ringer NFL preview show on this feed. I will be back on Monday night with Benjamin Solak and Christopher Sutton as we talk about the Bucks cowboys game, other thoughts from Wild Card Weekend, and other thoughts around the NFL on Extra Point Taken. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have fun this weekend watching the Wild Card Games. 